0: And welcome to our holiday edition, our Christmas edition of Flick Sixty Six. That was actually Mark Hamill, uh, Ma- Mark Hamill's rendition of that crazy parody uh, Christmas carol we used to sing back in the days of childhood. Uh, with me, uh, hi, I'm Dr. Thomas Parham, Executive Director of Screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University, and with me, as always, is, hello, I am Ryan Isay. And we have returning special guest student critic Joy Howard. Hi guys! And she's wearing an awesome Christmas sweater with Mickey Mouse on it. I wish this was a video podcast, <laughs> so we could show this to you. Maybe we'll take a picture and post it on uh, as our uh, image for this week. That'd be cool. So this weekend for the box office, or rather last weekend for the box office, a uh, lot of holdovers. Ralph wrecks the internet. Was number one with 16 million dollars, 140 million dollar cum. This is its third week of release. The Grinch was second with 15 million dollars and a 223 million dollar cum in its fifth week of release. Uh, Creed 2 was third with nine million dollars and a 96 million dollar cum in its also third week of release. Uh, Ryan, you had some thoughts about Creed 2.
1: Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> oh no, I didn't hate it. They destroyed the character of Rocky Balboa. They destroyed him. They changed him entirely. Every single all right, from the first story Rocky was always this soft, sensitive, you know, he's a yeah, a uh, uh, guy. Adrian. Yeah, he loves her. And you always see him being a good father up through the fifth movie when his son is a teenager is having trouble and he's a good father, teaches him how to fight. And then in the last Rocky movie, Rocky Balboa, he's somewhat estranged from his son only because his son is working really hard on like Wall Street or something. He's super, super busy, but Rocky's always showing up at his work, always there trying to have a relationship. Now we get to Creed 2 and suddenly we find out he wasn't there for his grandson's birth, that he's estranged from son, like. When did that happen? Why did that happen? And why would that character that we've known for all these movies let that happen? But we would never see that. we would need
0: that. another whole Rocky movie to explain that. They do no, not want to do that.
1: It It's not an explanation. It's about changing a character that's been around for decades to bend to the whim of the contrived narrative of this story that's let's have father figures at every facet of this narrative and let's cram it in there in the most obvious way So let's show Rocky having a bad relationship with his son so we can show the good relationship with his surrogate son in contrast the same way they have uh, Dolph Lundgren's character being a bad father. But that also doesn't make sense because he's a bad father because he wants revenge until the very end when suddenly he cares about his son at the very end of the fight. Why did he care about his son and give in and throw in the towel at that moment? because it fit with the themes of the movie. That's why.
0: So you said your issues with the movie are it had a lot of because the script said it so logic. It was
1: hamfisted. Every single narrative was forced into that theme, even the relationship with his son and whether or not he's disabled.
0: Whether he's deaf or not.
1: Yeah, and it's like and it's almost like, oh, uh, this, you know, are you accepting him for what he is flaws and all the same way Dolph Lundgren's character is not accepting his son for his flaws or Rocky's not accepting. It's it. It was so obvious. It was pounded in in every single narrative and every single scene, and it wasn't even well written. Okay. It was poorly written.
0: I'm going. I'm going to out myself now. I'm not a huge Rocky fan. I've seen the first movie, of course, but I missed. I know what happens in two through six. Basically, well, at least two through four, because he wins in two, uh, uh, Polly dies in three, Apollo dies in four, and I stopped keeping track of the plot points so i didn't know i think it was i think it was kind of made for the more casual fan like me where we didn't know what the events of rocky six were and i think with you know they just something went wrong between father and son in between films, yada, yada, blah, blah.
1: That's fine if you want to just completely change a character, but that doesn't explain why every single storyline in that movie is so ham-fisted and so obvious. And the dialogue in the opening scene, like I said, is Rocky coming in and describing boxing as an inspirational speech. So you you think a a big part of
0: the problem is that... uh, why can't, that Ryan Coogler did not write this one.
1: I think a bit, I'm not. Or directed, just I'm not just putting it just it. on Ryan Coogler because the last Rocky movie, Rocky Balboa, was good. Well, you
0: know who did have a writing credit in this movie? Sylvester Stallone.
1: Yeah, among several other people. I'm not, I'm not saying, and I, I, he's not God. He he made some crappy Rocky movies in between the first and the sixth one. Uh, I just, actually I should say between the second and the sixth one because number two is pretty solid. Um no I'm not saying like just because he he wrote it I do think that if Ryan Coogler had been attached the character stuff would have made sense it if would he, have been if he'd he been
0: in, in a stronger role just not in a, just not the honorary producer Yeah well cuz as
1: a director he has he the character driven stuff is is at the forefront even in his uh action driven narratives and that's what makes him do well. well that's why I can say that Black Panther is above average for the comic book movies because the characters can rise above a little bit
0: above average
1: <sighs> yeah i'm sorry is it one of the best movies of the year no and so i'm gonna bash on it a little bit because i don't think it's one of the best movies of the i year.
0: think it might get an oscar nomination that's for fine Picture.
1: but that doesn't mean that it's the best movie of the year oh
0: i, I didn't say that, that just mean
1: it's one of the best that made the most money of the year we can talk about that i cause...
0: think it's gonna be well we'll talk about that more next year as we start to put together our lists uh joy do you have any interest in the rocky franchise at all creed no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no.
2: No. Uh I never watched it or planned to watch it, but now that you guys are talking about it, I have a slight like inkling to
0: We'll start with Creed One. We'll yeah. get a clip.
2: And I was thinking like, if I do watch it, do I have to
0: watch no.
2: all the Rocky no. movies and before?
1: Th- no, yeah. you'd be better off not. If mm-hmm. you watch the first one and the sixth one and then Creed, you'd be fine. You don't even need to watch all those, but and what was with the training sequence in the desert? They're straight up like almost as bad as Rocky Four at that point with the montage training. That sequences. reminded me.
0: Some of the soundtrack cues reminded me a little bit of. It, the- Music and right that is that is
1: notoriously the worst of them, in a almost almost the room. That level is a bad great way.
0: soundtrack to work out to, though. Right,
1: I'm sure it is because the movie's all montage sequences. <laughs> but what is what is, we need a montage. A, what is hitting a sledgehammer in the sand gonna do to make him a better fighter that being in a gym won't <laughs> do? That's just idiotic. I'm sorry.
2: I, I have a question, and please don't attack me, uh, for comparing the 2 or asking this: <laughs> is uh, Creed or Rocky like? Maybe maybe more of Creed since we're kind of talking about that. But is Creed kind of like um Oh gosh. Why am I blanking out on the name? What is it called? The Karate Kid, in a way. Like the way just the way you're describing fight sequence going out into the desert or something. Nah,
0: yeah. I, I would argue the Karate Kid one has more than a few passing elements, homages, ripoffs of Rocky One. Yeah. Oh. it was yeah. later. Okay, and it's like I can imagine that story at whatever studio—is that Sony or Columbia back then or whatever? It's like though. we want kind of like a Rocky for kids, so we're gonna use martial arts. Yeah. Got it, got so it. Not, a,
1: not a dumb question though,
0: but yeah, but no, that that is not a dumb question.
2: Just because you were talking about the no, fight yeah. scenes that oh, made yeah. me think of
1: some... The structure of the fight film is pretty. Established. Well, the structure of
0: sports films is pretty. Is pretty. I mean, it's it's got a lot of sports films have very similar tropes. Uh, Sports films sequels also have very similar tropes. Uh, Fantastic Beasts Two was fourth with twenty nine million dollars, bringing it to a one hundred forty five million dollar cum. I haven't seen it yet because I have yet to meet anybody say it was awesome because I'm sorry. I loved the Harry Potter books. I like many of the movies, but to turn a reference book into a narrative film and then to announce you're going to make it a five film series just smells of a cash grab. Mm
1: -hmm. It feels like a cash grab.
0: So have you two seen it? Yes. Yes. Joy, let's start with you. Thoughts?
2: I thought it was better than the first one
0: okay that's low praise
2: (laughs) (laughs) i don't mean to be like you know stabbing it in there but um yeah a lot better than the first one because i felt like the story was um easier to follow and better um but i also kind of felt like when i watched it immediately when i was about to walk in i was like oh crap should i have Rewatched watched the first one before watching this one again because um i forgot a lot what happened johnny
0: depp's one. grindelwald he's evil and go <laughs> <laughs> pretty much
2: yeah and uh not to diss johnny depp or anything but i just could not take him seriously in this movie
0: like, i'm over Depp. i'm so uh, it's like stop just uh i don't know i mean personal his personal issues with his ex-wife amber heard aside i'm just like Dude, you're not that interesting. You're not that quir- you've been doing the same thing. You've been slumming doing these weird quirky mannerisms, character-y things and I'm like, yeah, you know. You Maybe need-
2: that's why I felt kind of awkward cuz I was like, okay, I feel like I've seen you do this a lot mm-hmm. and also I feel like he wanted to almost jump on the Harry Potter train and be like, "Hey, I was part of this cool franchise." Well,
0: they offered him the people were asking for him to be uncast. Really? Yeah, after the stuff with, I mean, he and Amber Heard, who's Mira and Aquaman opening up next weekend. But evidently, after a lot of the allegations hit the press, people were so mad. It's like, oh, you should not. It's like, you're not going to tell a multi-billion dollar conglomerate to, you know, change, to reshoot, you know, portions of their of one of their most lucrative IPs that they've licensed. It doesn't work like that. Sorry, fanboys and fangirls. You, you can't... Uh, there, they, We will probably have an, a, a feature story next year on one of our podcasts talking about toxic fandom because we're starting to get there, especially with some of the stuff that's been going on with Star Wars and Star Trek. It's like some of these fans need to get over themselves.
2: And don't get me wrong. I think he's a great actor. I really do. I just... For Grindelwald or Grindelwald, however you want to say his name, it was awkward for me.
0: Interesting. Ryan, your take on... Fantastic Beast 2? Well,
1: I mean, I feel like I have to point out, and I don't want to get into this too much, but, but I mean, entirely on the fanboys is... It, it That was on the wave of the Me Too movement as mm-hmm. well, where, where accusation was enough. If you're accused of something, that's enough. We don't want you to work. Not to say that... that I I just don't... It it makes me uncomfortable when, when, when facts are not the most important thing. When, and, when the just the opinions of people that are getting pieces of news secondhand. And
0: I'm sure the, that ex-spouses have no ulterior motives or axes to grind when they attack each other in the press.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's 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 an uncomfortable thing because, like, as a man, I don't want to say, like, you know, oh, let's not believe everything when every time a woman says, but at the same time, it's like, women are human too, and humans lie, and we can't just trust that there aren't ulterior motives to, not to every situation, obviously, I mean, we're getting into it more, but obviously when there's someone that has like multiple accusations, then you start to go, okay, wait a minute, let's take a look at this more carefully, but it, it was just weird that he was accused of something it was, you know, marital disputes happen all the time. Mm-hmm. And people don't lose their jobs but, over
0: it. But usually when marital disputes happen, they're not between two, you know, a exactly. an Oscar nominated movie star and his his, you know, ex-wife and up and coming exactly. wannabe movie star. Uh speaking I, I forgot to put this on the rundown, but speaking of me too, you know who whose goose is whose proverbial goose is cooked? Les Moonves. Because as the investigations are going on into his conduct at CBS, oh my gosh, it's bad. I mean, it's bad enough that he is probably not getting a golden parachute because there was fraud and deception on terms. Uh, I mean, basically, he, he was basically bribing people to cover up his misconduct. And it's not looking good. Uh, evidently, I just read a glimpse at a headline today that Sybil Shepherd has been named as one of his victims, one of his potential victims that he harassed. It's like, Ooh, and it's just yikes. But the the problem is that, and you know, with him and with the Weinstein thing is, you know, when you've got decades of allegations and people coming forward Mm -hmm. with proof of payoffs and whatnot, it's not going away. So we yeah, we saw it
1: over. I mean, how long did it take for uh, Bill Cosby? Oh my God! We saw it eventually. Seeing that those are the people that like it. It the wave it doesn't matter. Like I said, there's a wave of the Me Too movement. It, it, even if that crashes, those people because of all the people, they're still gonna go down. But the ones like Johnny Depp um, and what was the one we talked about last time, where it's like I think they're just gonna let it go at this point. One Someone. Scene? No, someone, no not someone just made a comment, and normally during that movement, it would have been like, "Oh, you're stopping working," but they kind of just like ah, just brushed it under the rug. We're back to that again, basically. If if your offense is minor enough, it's business as usual. And like you said with Johnny Depp, it's it's the franchise is not going. They're they're
0: not going to slow down the franchise exactly. or jeopardize the franchise. Uh, uh, number fifth last weekend was Bohemian Rhapsody, and. It's made $173 million total. It did not cost anywhere near... I think it cost the, the production budget was like $50-$60 million. But it was fifth with $6 million. So it's it's rocking uh, literally at the box office. Um, so moving into the news, <laughs> this is crazy. Disney, the Walt Disney Company, has crossed the $6 billion, with a B dollar in box office grosses worldwide... And Mary Poppins Returns doesn't open until next week, so there's a strong possibility it'll be $7 billion worldwide for the year. Crazy. I was talking to a friend of mine at the gym this morning who's a marketing exec at uh, Disney in Burbank. Um, yeah, have you... I mean, the buzz between for Mary Poppins Returns seems to be completely effusive. Have, I haven't heard really anything bad about it.
1: I, I haven't either, but... Uh, there's talk why it's not getting music nominations, so apparently the music's not impressing. Oh, that's
0: interesting. Well, the thing is, the Sherman Brothers, though. Yeah. I mean, to I, I look forward to seeing it. I was crazy about Mary Poppins when I was a kid. I just mm-hmm. had had the Disney album and memorized it, and but um, I think uh, one of the biggest things that I think is cool is Dick Van Dyke. In what is he ninety or ninety one? But as a nonagenarian dude, still got it, and there's a scene in the movie where he jumps on the desk and dances, and you know he did not need help getting on the desk and blew everybody away. Mm. Um, evidently, Emily Blunt is good, is comparable with Julie Andrews' performance, although I don't know if she'll win the Oscar like Julie Andrews did. Although there's speculation that one of the reasons Julie got that Oscar is because the studios wouldn't let her be in the the film version of My Fair Lady. They cast Audrey Hepburn, who did not sing. (laughs) So, but I do, I'm a fan of Emily Blunt, and uh, I look forward to seeing it. So, yeah, the Sherman Brothers were, oh, by the way, (laughs) there's a great documentary about the Sherman Brothers. I can't remember the name of it. Have you seen it? It's really interesting, because, like, in their later years, they were feuding, Mm -hmm. and they, like, lived basically in the same neighborhood and had like next to no relationship i think they reconciled before one of them passed i don't know if both of them are dead now but they did win the oscar for chim chim tree which Mm -hmm. is a great song but yeah i'm looking forward to that and it opens next wednesday and then aqua Bra i mean aquaman opens on friday uh the reviews of that have been mixed whereas mary poppins is uh one of afi's selections of top 10 films of the year Aquaman still does have positive on Rotten Tomatoes. It's at 75%, but the reviews have been mixed. But after Justice League, can, <laughs> come on. You know, when you're at the bottom, there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah, I said that. Um, another superhero film, New York Critics Circle and L.A. Critics Circle both have selected Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse as their favorite animated film, and that opens up tomorrow, Friday. Um, I'm intrigued because this is uh, we get to see uh, a a biracial Spider-Man, Miles Morales, who's half black, half Latino, in the lead. Even though we do have Spider-Men, people from other or creatures from other universes, including Peter Parker, including Spider-Gwen, Gwen Stacy from a parallel universe, including Spider Noir, and my favorite, <laughs> Spider Ham, uh, Peter Porker which is actually a thing. There are comic books based on him. Um, you haven't seen that yet, Ryan, have you? Have the you, new Spider-Man? The new Spider-Man?
1: No, I'm actually going to a 4, 4D screening of it.
0: Oh, is that the motion thing? Yeah. not a fan. No, <laughs> but
1: I'm, I I want to try it out. Makes, wanna, makes me want to hurl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm, I'm intrigued <laughs> that, I mean, for the New York critics and LA critics to say this is the best animated film of the year, in a year where we have Ralph wrecks the internet... As well as Incredibles two. See, I
1: was gonna say it's, it's been a really weak year for animation for me. Didn't I like... didn't like. I did not like Incredibles two. I did not. Or Ralph. I haven't seen Ralph Rex Internet yet, but I, I can't imagine the first one did not impress me enough to where I'm like. Oh, interesting. Why but... well, you're
0: just like Debbie Downer dude today? <laughs> Sorry. I mean, there's <laughs>
1: been years where I've really liked the animated films. This is not one of them. <clears throat> I've just felt they've been derivative cash grabs.
0: I, f- I'll be fascinated. I mean. A, I'll see this because I'm a geek. B, because when I was a kid, you know, growing up as a black kid, to see somebody who looks like me who's also Spider-Man, awesome. But um, I'm intrigued that, that the critics like it that much. So,
1: from what I understand, it's the style of it. It's one of the films that 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 needs to be seen in 3D because of the way it's shot. It's like a, a living comic book. Oh, so interesting. So to to see the the sense. levels like. Um, separated the Mm -hmm. plane separated it's it's necessary to see it in 3d that's what i've been been reading cool um so yeah the visual style i think is and the motion of the camera is what's impressing people but then i've also heard the characters are well written and
0: i mean it's not and the voice talent sounds good yeah
1: none of the reviews i think the highest review i've read has been like a b plus i haven't seen anyone saying this movie's fantastic but no one has been disliking it either so it's been like it's been a crowd pleaser
0: okay Well, there's something to be said for that. Uh, Speaking of crowd pleaser, Universal's The Grinch, we talked about that uh, a few weeks back. I'm sorry, my one-word review is adequate because this is the third iteration of this story. We've got the 2D original, we've got the Jim Carrey live-action remake, and then now we have this 3D, or well, I didn't see it in 3D, but we have the CGI version. But, it's rocking, and it's led the box office to the third-largest November ever with a billion dollars, which is kind of interesting. Uh, did any of you end up seeing it at all? No? no. Nobody interested? <laughs> okay. Now, this was a cool article I saw in multiple places. Uh a study. A new, new research from CAA and tech firm Shift7 shows casting women as leads in films at all budget levels offers a significant box office boost compared with male-led averages, And they looked at three hundred fifty films released between January twenty fourteen and December twenty seventeen. So it was a three year long study, but this flouts conventional wisdom that you know men can't or women can't open movies. Of course, we've had Wonder Woman since then, and then we had some of the Hunger Games movies were in there. Um, Thoughts from either of you on that? I mean, do you want my honest thoughts? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) The the years are
1: cherry picked for spectacular female films if you choose any you could choose years that that has been the case previously Thelma and Louise when it came out it was like we did it female stories are now but that was an art house film basically but it was successful what I'm saying is that like the progress is very slow so we can look at these particular years that like you said Wonder Woman and Hunger Games remove those two franchises and I imagine that you'd have different results because of how much money came from those two.
0: Of course, Hunger Games is done, but Wonder Woman eighty four comes out next year, so.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying that it won't continue. I'm just saying that that there is a good chance that this is that there are, there are just waves like things. The film industry doesn't. Things don't happen. It's like Get Out didn't come out, and suddenly now all black narratives are doing well in the theaters. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. uh, you have successes and then you're going to have imitations that don't succeed. And then the studio is going to lose faith. Uh, This is just what happens. It's slow progress. It's one step forward, you know, maybe two steps forward, one and a half back. But I just, I don't get super excited by these articles because I, I feel like they're looking to prove they're, they're setting out, when they write this article, to already prove that female-led narratives do well. They're finding evidence to prove what they already want to say. Gotcha. That doesn't mean that I don't have hope for the, them bear being more, or that I think that it is gradually mm-hmm. getting better. I just don't take articles like this as fact, because it's a, it's a very liberal publication deadline. And you know the writer has a liberal agenda, and they're trying to influence what movies are being made by showing what has done well. And that's very good. I mean the the intent is good. It's just that I can't trust the accuracy of all of these articles. I'm not going to throw out the fake news thing, but there's you just can't just take articles at face value from when they say something necessarily anymore. You kind of have to think for yourself and Yeah, I hope it gets better. I just don't see an article saying it and go like, oh, it's fixed, you know. It's
0: interesting. Part of the article talks about the Bechdel test. You know what that is? It's basically two women with names having a conversation about something other than men.
1: See, but I find that also kind of silly. I mean, it is something, but you can have a strong female character talking about a male character and, and not have it take away from the females. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it doesn't, we've never had that. Not that we've had to, but we've never had that measurement for male narratives. Like, okay, are they talking about women? Oh, you <laughs> Two men to, with just,
0: names in a conversation talking about something besides women. <laughs>
1: clearly you don't have to, because it's not, there, there isn't, there is definitely an issue and it's, it's the films that are, are the narratives that are getting made. Um, but but to go through a script and say oh they're they're talking about a man, you know like, in that case Wonder Woman probably wouldn't have been made if that was your test. If you I, I'm sure the Bechdel test wouldn't count for Wonder Woman because she's talking about male characters for most of the movie.
0: There's a few scenes. Well, there's scenes where she talks with Etta and also her mom. But and... very few is what I'm saying. It, like, w- what's interesting is uh one of, uh let's see. This group includes Gina Davis, actor, advocate, and also uh, uh, Lisa Chasen, producer and founder of Three Dot Productions. Um, But Chasen says, the Bechdel test is a low bar to clear, and it's surprising how many movies don't clear it. I think uh, your point is well taken that, so your your assessment is, one, they probably cherry-picked movies, two, we still have a long way to go. Three, if you're going to judge by the Bechdel test, that's not a great test because, and, and a lot of people have said that about the Bechdel test. I think it's just basically a gauge is somebody to say, "aha," uh-huh. kind of like.
1: Yeah, but like I said, even the "aha" is misleading because you could do the "aha" to movies like Wonder Woman. You could do the You could do the "aha" to like I don't know, uh, Hidden Figures. You mm-hmm. know, there's there's many movies that have fantastic female narratives, and you could do that "aha" because. It it's more nuanced than that. To to just say like, oh, they're they're talking about a man, it, it, it doesn't make it a female narrative. Therefore you like, flunk. No. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I don't I don't see that as accurate. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I just
0: Joy, do you have any thoughts about this?
2: Um I was trying to think of some um, movies with lead female roles and the one that came to mind um, was Star Wars with, Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rogue with, One Um Ray.
0: Oh no, that's uh, episode mm. episode seven and
2: eight. As you can see, <laughs> I haven't watched them in a while. But um, yeah, that was coming to mind, and I was like, "Oh well, didn't that do pretty good?" Like, well, then again, it's Star Wars, so it's probably gonna do good. So um, do. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe maybe that one didn't do so well, <laughs> but um, because Rey was like such a powerful powerful figure, um, like. I'm just wondering, like, would you say that was like an aha kind of moment or
0: like I don't know some people would some people would counter argue, well that's an existing franchise that I mean one of my comment about toxic fans earlier, some of the men's rights activists were not have not been happy with the last two Star Wars movies because you do have a lot of interesting women characters and they're like, Where are the guys? You know where are the white guys? It's like uh, you got Poe. Well, okay, Poe is Latino. I mean, the actor is Latino, but you've got you know Kylo Ren. You've got Hux, but they're bad guys. It's what like about
2: Finn. Wasn't he in the recent
0: one? But he's a black dude. Uh, well, they're just, you know, there are people. <laughs> there are people complaining. There are toxic fans complaining that there's too many, you know, people of color and women in these movies. Which is like, dude, That's after the all these you. years, come it's, on.
1: It's the pendulum swinging the other way because the bad guys used to be the ones with Italian accents and the ones that were, you know, who, who betrays the the heroes in the original Star Wars. It's the black guy, you know, like. It's it's just the pendulum swinging the other way. To now, the white guys are the bad guys, and now the minorities are the heroes, uh, because we're reacting to what what was in the past a common tendency to make the heroes someone with an act. Or sorry, the heroes the white guy, and the bad guys someone with an accent. With an
0: accent who doesn't look like yeah you know the American ideal.
1: So I mean it, yeah, but there are there have been a lot, and and I think that speaks to why some of these. The way we have this article written as well, because the franchises have been bending to what a lot of loud people have been saying. We want this. We want this. So we do. We get a Mad Max where Mad Max is not the main character. Where Mad Max character. is
0: literally writing shotgun in his own yeah, movie franchise. Exactly.
1: Uh, you know, then we have the like we talked about the all the Star Wars movies. These are existing franchises that people are going to go see these movies uh regardless and they do and i'm not saying that that's not a point to things getting better because it is it's a point to the studio having faith that these films will do well with a female uh lead i I'll, i would just like to see if the trend continues before i get super excited
0: yeah and just in, i mean i think what will positively affect ef- change is more women and ethnic minorities in positions of power at the studios and the network behind the scenes as directors and producers because that's where the power I mean it's called show business and when you get people in those positions to make you know representation real not just token
1: can 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 I can I put point out the the negative side in my mind to this though What's that, that that the studios are seeing this as a way to cash grab as well that that it's become like, look at us, look how we're we're uh, progressive. Yeah. And I'll to that point, can I say that the Captain, uh, is it Captain? No. The the New America is it Captain not Captain America. Captain
2: Marvel. Captain Marvel, Marvel thank
1: you. I can never what never what her name is. I'm not a Marvel person. Captain Marvel, that trailer is obnoxious. The part where it says hero and it says her is just like blatantly trying to Blood suck off of the success of Wonder Woman to say, look, it's a woman hero. It's
0: just too much. I don't, I think the trailer is weak for a variety of reasons, but, but I think it's just kind of tacky.
1: It's tacky because it's trying to do that like woman power thing. It's trying because it saw that's Wonder Woman made money because of that. Primarily, let's be honest. It, it was not a spectacular movie in terms of if it had been a male character, we wouldn't be elevating it above a majority of other comic book movies. I don't think that it's on its own, the writing, the special effects, a spectacular film, but because it was the first female hero, we, we, we celebrated it. And that's a great thing. Female director, that's all good and, and great. Uh, but I feel like now Captain Marvel is, has saw that that's what people talked about and they're just trying to take that money.
0: Well, you said something earlier about the ripoffs, and
1: Yeah, but the, it, it, we'll see. If this one's successful, it'll continue. If this one bombs, then they'll say, well, see, Wonder Woman wishes to
0: flu. Now, it's, it's one of the, I mean, face it, we've had all the different Marvel movies. We've had 20 Marvel movies so far. Uh, so I don't think that it's going to bomb. I mean, they've got it down to a science.
1: Yeah, but people weren't happy with the Venom. If it did, That's, even but that wasn't
0: as, that wasn't a real Marvel movie. That was that was Sony's Spider Verse movie, not an an official MCU movie.
1: Yeah, all right. I mean, you're uh, I think you're in the, the the field that believes that every Marvel movie is good. I I'm bored oh, by I, them. I'm bored by them. I'm sorry. You mean I don't every, like them. You mean every
0: Marvel Cinematic Universe movie? Yes, movies? exactly.
1: I, I've never heard you talk bad about a Marvel Cinematic Universe I film. think
0: they're all competently made. See, I, and I some... don't agree with that. Oh.
1: I think that they're competently made in the same way that a McDonald's hamburger is competently
0: oh! made. Oh! Bam! I mean, it's the same every single
1: time. When you go to a McDonald's across the country, you get the same thing.
0: I think... Uh... We'll That's how to, I feel about Marvel films. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have to do an in-game special. <gasps> I'm not note. saying
1: they're bad, but the, but they're 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 middle of the road always. They never are taking I, chances. I, never... I think
0: some eclipse the typical, but
1: some possibly above average, but. I don't think any of them I would call the best movie of the year. I don't think any of them get to the point of Christopher Nolan's, well, let's say the first two of his trilogy, because the last one was a hot hot mess. Horrid. Hot mess. I don't even think that the Marvel movies nowadays get close to Tim Burton's Batman.
0: Oh! But maybe that's primarily for production design. (laughs)
2: I love
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> somebody get somebody get joy some popcorn. <laughs>
1: no, I'm sure I'll watch. I'm sure I'll watch Captain Marvel and it it will be competently made. I just can't think of the last time I walked out of a Marvel movie and I, and I was like Amazed or wowed?
2: I love how you just judge it already. You're just
1: like, no. I'm not sure it will be,
0: but like, I know it's
1: just experience. That, <laughs> On like, a
0: scale of one to Incredible Hulk, where would you put it? <laughs>
1: I haven't seen it yet, so I can't do that. But even Black Panther, like, I've rewatched that movie several times. It's entertaining, but nothing about that movie blows me away. Whereas I, I can remember even watching Iron Man for the first time. That movie had me thinking about like superhero movies in a new way. I just want some intelligence back in them.
0: I would argue well Iron Man is as as the as the progenitor of the whole franchise. I mean, Iron Man 1 holds up well and it's still a solid movie. I think it's still in my top 5 of the Marvel movies. But Black Panther also is in the top 5, but for different reasons. I think I think one of the things for Black Panther is the cultural moment, and it's interesting at the end of the year, there is a ton of articles and interviews with Ryan Coogler about this became a cultural phenomenon. Absolutely. And and I think it was separate from, you know, d- different from with Wonder Woman where, yes, Wonder Woman is was important for superhero films to show that you can have a lead woman and the movie didn't suck, and it still made a lot of money. But I think Black Panther went beyond that, because it said something about uh, just about Black American culture and Afrocentric culture worldwide. I mean, there's a whole... You 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 participate... I mean, both of you were in our... when we did our Black Panther special uh, episode. You can find it in our archives. Yeah. Um, but... I think what you're getting at, Ryan, is you're saying that most, that none of the MCU movies rise to great art. Like, you could, you know, Oscar caliber great art. Like Christopher Nolan, the first two of those Dark Knight movies, those were great movies. And Dark Knight should have gotten an Oscar nomination for Best Picture. And the reason, when it didn't, that's one of the reasons why we can go as far as 10 Oscar nominations for Mm -hmm. Best Picture. Although we haven't yet.
1: Yeah, I just don't think that we're I I think that we're getting imitations now. And if you're not willing to take risks, you're not willing to take chances. I just I, I, I completely agree with you. I think Black Panther was a cultural moment. I think Wonder Woman was a cultural moment. I think Black Panther is twice as good a movie as Wonder Woman because they don't rely as heavily on CGI and the characters are better written and but there's things about Black Panther that I wasn't, you know.
0: I think part of the thing you're pointing out, though, is there you're not going to get a multi, you know, you're not going to get the Walt Disney Company to give the filmmakers artistic license to really take big creative risks. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they want to make money for yeah. their shareholders. That's exactly and what I'm saying. So okay, I,
1: I, and that's why I don't think that we'll ever have a Star Wars that's as innovative as the original Star Wars. I think that we're just going to continue to get cheap imitations. I don't think we'll ever have a Marvel movie that's going to be as good as the original Iron as, Man. as Iron Man. But that's just me.
0: That's because I, think, I look for
1: new, uh, uh, exciting filmmaking, and and when uh-huh. it starts to become, uh,
0: uh, when it becomes a franchise by the nature of a franchise and what that means, it's cookie cutter. Yeah. Well, I would, I would counter, I would counter a riposte to use a fencing term, the fact that when Marvel has chosen interesting directors to oversee some of these IPs, that you do get they may not be completely innovative and and you know Oscar caliber groundbreaking. However, comma they're they're a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, I will say that last Thor movie was the most fun I've had at a superhero movie Taika in a yeah. Yeah, but that was... That and was, some of my purest comic book nerd friends would say, <laughs> I can't believe they did X, Y, and Z to these characters. How dare they? Yeah. But they were having fun. It was. And, and at it the end fun. of the day, come on, we should not be taking these movies... Seriously.
1: I think that's my problem. Is that now that we're seeing this push to have them like as the best film of the year, I don't. I liked Black Panther. It was a great summer movie. I don't think that it should be above First Man as a best picture. Nominee. It
0: wasn't a summer movie though okay cool. <laughs> <laughs> True. but it, it but
1: it was let's be honest it was yeah, it a was summer a, movie not released. it's a summer. summer
0: movie during black history it, month it, black history but it
1: month. but it really was a summer movie I yeah mean, it was it was a blockbuster and the summer movies have gotten earlier and earlier yeah, in the year. <laughs> ever since the fast and the furious franchise has proved that you don't need to be released uh in the summer we've just seen them you know pushed further and further back but no i just yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that... It, it, I liked it. I enjoyed it. If people were saying, oh, what was the best popcorn movie of the year? I'd absolutely put that on on the list. But when they start saying it's the best movie of the year... When, best picture. when Yeah, best picture of the year when I'm seeing all these other films. Uh, you know, when Widows is getting no love at all, not even getting watched. First Man is getting no love. Uh, don't, I... I would I would like to see these indie movies getting best picture nominations, not just the, the little the acting or the screenwriting. Like, they're far better pictures as a whole than these blockbusters. I mean, and, making and much this money.
0: ties into our discussion from the last podcast about, you know, IPs versus Indies.
1: And so, the awards, let's, let's face it. The awards the award are about money now. They're about pushing audiences towards films to make more money and getting audiences to watch the award ceremonies. So they're,
0: and buy the home video version. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the only reason I don't understand, you know, why we have movies like Bohemian Rhapsody uh, and uh, what's the other one? There's, the, the movies that are getting Best Picture nominations this year are ridiculous.
0: Well, I mean, the, the Oscar nominations don't come out until next month. Uh, speaking of Oscars, Kevin Hart is not hosting the Oscars because of those tweets, those uh, homophobic tweets he wrote uh, years ago. You know, A... Full disclosure, not a huge Kevin Hart fan. I find him mildly amusing slash very annoying. But having having read about this, air quotes, controversy, it's like, dude, if you really want to host the Oscars, just apologize. But that statement you issued, that non-apology, I already said, it's like, no, that wasn't, a, that wasn't an apology. So either you're sorry you wrote these or you're not. But... Uh, I don't know. Did you follow that at all, Joy?
2: I did a bit. Um, And I I agree. The whole, like, half-hearted, not really. It wasn't an apology. Like, I'm not going to apologize. And um, the whole idea of him being sorry and saying, like, oh, I said I was sorry a long time ago. The idea came to my mind. is like, okay, but have you, like, learned from your mistakes, though? Like, are you sorry enough to be like, no, I really did, like, make a mistake by saying that. I apologize. Like, even though comics do this all the time that's not an excuse but um i just feel like his pride and his ego just got in the way of it all and yeah (laughs) i i feel bad for a lot of people who are part of the lgbt community who are fans of him and now kind of sucks because it's like dang man like you kind of don't know how to feel about you right now or whatever and You know, and maybe some people are happy because they're just like, oh, you know, Kevin Hart's not funny anyway, so (laughs) he's not going to be doing the Oscars. But um, yeah, I I feel a little bit sorry for him just because I feel like um, because the tweets were from like eight years ago or something, and I feel like maybe someone pulled them up to spite him. Because I feel like so many people probably have tweeted, not like everybody, but like a lot of comedians. They the, probably said something offensive at some point.
1: The climate 8 years ago was drastically different, different. for comedy. Mhm. And it, it, you know, even 8 years ago, I don't it may have I think it was less than 8 years ago the comedy club banned the N-word. It used to be, you know, comedy the N-word oh, yeah. it was like, racial discussion like this this is what the main staple of comedy to get up there and say black people be like white people be like you can't do that anymore. Uh people are extremely sensitive but then you've got comics like dave chappelle he made transgender jokes not like meant to be mean-spirited but he made them in his netflix comedy special and there was pushback but he came back in his next special and talked about the controversy so there's some comics that are pushing back against this um idea that comedy has to be
0: politically uh, politically correct
1: correct. Mm -hmm. uh and i think that He may have been one of those two that like out of protest is kind of like it was a while ago. I shouldn't have to apologize for everything I say. It's comedy. I mean, and there's 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 a price to pay for for first. I mean, that's your choice. You know, Dave Chappelle made his choice uh, and it didn't and it didn't kill his career. Netflix gave him more specials to say additional stuff. So, and Kevin Hart's far bigger than David Chappelle at this point, I would say. So, yeah, maybe he just decided to take a stance. Maybe it was ego. It's hard to say, but I don't, it's, yeah, it's so complicated. Cause I do, I feel bad for the LGBT community that, that there are negative things being said, but also at the same time, comedians that said something you know, almost a decade ago, being held responsible for them as if they were serious—if they meant it as a joke—that's mm-hmm. troubling as well. Not that we shouldn't be held responsible for what we say.
0: Yeah. I just I thought his know. attitude was wrong. It's like it's like if you did truly apologize once, you'd be willing to do it again. Yeah, if I he mean, was really sorry. Yeah. If he was really sorry. No, that's true. I, I just you know, and it's hard for me to feel sympathy for a multimillionaire for, uh, that is also for being true. kind of a jerk
1: Yeah, because
0: yeah. I mean you said some unkind things that people were offended by and you meant them to be offensive although you thought they were funny mm-hmm. but it's not fun being the butt of somebody's joke just no, it's wh- whether it's the n-word or you know a slur against any ethnicity or, or uh, sexual orientation mm-hmm. so I just sorry Kev <laughs> you know, I won't miss you. Yeah, he's uh, not going anywhere. Though. Oh, he's not going. Uh, not at the Oscars. Oh no, of course not. No, he's uh, he's in to this make... movie with Brian Cranston. That looks interesting. I mean, oh, don't get me started on that. No, it's <laughs> it's
1: got horrible reviews because it's a remake of a French film called The Intouchables. Watch The Intouchables. It's a that. fantastic oh, film. Sure. It's so good. Even I didn't if you don't know it was a remake. Films, yeah. I, my whole family was obsessed with this film, and they don't even really watch a lot of foreign films. Um, yeah, heartwarming, funny, fantastic, and I've heard that they just butchered it in Hollywood. I uh, so don't watch this one. Yeah, watch the original. I it's was intrigued. So good.
2: Yeah, I will say that he did like get himself into more hot water though by not apologizing. Yeah, but... <laughs> and like just you know.
0: Some people believe that our publicity is good publicity.
2: But, yeah, I, well, I
1: mean, for him. Even if it hurts him, do you know how do you know how much money he makes off his comedy shows oh, crazy. like yeah. he makes so crazy. much money he even if he never worked again, he'd be fine and he's gonna work again oh yeah, so yeah. I don't oh, yeah. feel bad for him. I just feel bad about the situation that there's that it's that it you not that you shouldn't be judged for your action, but when the climate is different that's like saying like oh, my father in the fifties uh treated my mother. Uh, sexist like yeah he probably did that was also the climate at that time we know better now if your father was treating your mother that way now then you could get on him but you can't really like retroactively get i don't know yeah. i guess you can but it's just like i just it's wonder complicated if, i
2: wonder if someone was trying to spite him if they like dug up these tweets
0: oh we know that people are weaponizing tweets because they yeah. to counter that they dug up tweets by female comedians like sarah silverman and others oh yeah i think Nick it's Cannon like oh them. come on it's just like get uh, it's not a war about who can be more offended or more offensive. It's just let's be be excellent one to another. To quote Bill and Ted. A <laughs> um, couple more news items before we get to our uh, our favorite Christmas movie and TV special discussion. Um, this year is a landmark because for the first time, the number of streaming services and programs streamed has overtaken broadcast and basic cable. For the first time so uh i really think that the big i I would argue there are two big losers in the upcoming streaming wars as disney plus launches next fall with time with sorry warner media's unnamed service to be to be beta tested uh also fourth quarter of 19. the big losers are gonna be the networks and the cable slash satellite companies because people aren't watching network fare the way they used to period or at all and people are more dependent on streaming services for programs and with with Disney and Apple and Netflix and Hulu i mean the market's going to be saturated pretty soon and there's people are going to say why should i subscribe to cable or satellite when I can just subscribe to these services and watch those shows later when they go into reruns, yeah. or watch them with my off-air antenna.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I know a lot of people that still watch network television when it's released on Netflix because mm-hmm. it's far easier. You can binge-watch it. You can, it can you don't have to worry about commercials or uh, you know knowing what time it is each week or remembering what happened the previous. It's just simpler. We've come to a simpler age of binge watching.
0: Yes. <laughs> which I, is how I always enjoy it. I'm going to so. give a shout out to my friends, uh, Jason Inman and Ashley Victoria Robinson. They're comic book writers. But uh, she is starting a fringe binge. She's binging the uh, Fox series Fringe, which is a lot of fun. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's.
1: Uh, That's a good series.
0: It's crazy. It's. Uh, it start, the, the start is slow, but yeah. once they get into the arcs of the the parallel worlds and...
1: A little too episodic, like Freak of the Week for the first season. The first season into, until
0: you get toward the end. And then it starts... And to, then it just takes off like a rocket. Yeah, it so. feels
1: like Lost if Lost actually knew where it was going. Yeah, if Lost didn't <laughs>
0: self-destruct. Uh, so... Uh, so you may want to do a fringe binge over the holidays. So that's a recommendation from us. Uh, last word from news, and then we'll get to our Christmas discuss, Christmas media discussion. Uh, Disney Plus has added Giancarlo Esposito, Werner Herzog, and Carl Weathers to the cast of the Mandalorian Star Wars spinoff series with Pedro Pascal in the lead. So that's crazy. I mean, you've got an acclaimed Emmy-winning or Emmy-nominated actor, a uh, an acclaimed filmmaker and Carl Weathers. He won uh, an Oscar, hasn't he? Has uh, Herzog thought he would have? He might have for a documentary. He might have for doc. Um, and check. Carl Weathers, who was the original, who was Apollo Creed in the first four Rocky films. So that's an eclectic cast, but color me intrigued because you don't usually think of Esposito, Herzog, and Weathers in the same breath. Oh uh,
1: no, just nominated. Yeah, he's
0: Oscar nominee. Okay, uh, our feature story, it's December, we're a couple of weeks away from Christmas, what are y'all's favorite Christmas movies and TV specials, uh, Ryan or Joy, who wants to go first, Christmas movie?
2: I'll go first, Um, I have a few favorite Christmas movies, that's fine, uh, I love all the Grinches, like, not all of them. Not, the, not I haven't seen the new one yet, so I can't count that. So both Grinches, the cartoon, the and, original cartoon, yeah, and the Jim Carrey version. Okay. And <laughs> and um, of course, Elf. Everybody loves Elf. Elf is awesome. And um, National Lampoon's Christmas. Vacation. Yes, <laughs> I love that. I love them. Um, and favorite TV specials, of course, is uh. Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Charlie Brown, Christmas. There you go. Sorry, Merry It's just one of the quotes they say in the show, but um, yeah, almost all those little like animated. Uh, oh, the stop motion. Yes. So
0: Rudolph and... Rudolph.
2: and even the regular cartoon ones, like um Frosty the Snowman. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, those are really good. Just nostalgia hitting me right now. But I love them. I love them to death.
0: How about you, Ryan?
1: Um Die Hard. Oh my god. No, I uh I I'm uh I don't know I prefer Nightmare Before Christmas, Christmas time than Halloween. So for me that's a Christmas movie. Oh interesting. Um I do I think Elf is a modern classic. Elf is a modern classic. Once, Once you see like the opening credits with the, you know, Stop motion and all that. I'm like, all right, this is a classic.
0: Would, would it be safe to say that even though John Favreau had a decent, you know, kind of like, ind- he had in- indie street cred as a director before Elf, Elf was kind of what put him on the studio spotlight? It's like, well, this dude's going places.
1: I believe it was Athura before that. Zathura? Zathura wasn't that before that? Yeah, but
0: nobody saw that.
2: I did. Yeah, but it was his.
1: <laughs> that was his first studio. Film, no, but this and is the it proved this, that he could make a family entertainment.
0: But this is the elf would be the thing that really put him on the map though.
1: I that's what made money, but I think that that the Zathura proved that he could do a studio film a large yeah. budget studio film. Because if you
0: look at where he is now, he's pretty big.
1: Yeah, no, it went from it went from Elf to to Iron Man, wasn't it? Pretty much. Um and then he did the Cowboys and Aliens when you're like, oh, oh, don't oh go, boy. don't
0: get me started. Yeah. Everybody has an off day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, his two indies got him that the Zathura franchise and then that from that proved that he could do Elf, which is actually I think I would say that cuz he throw was then proving not only I could do a studio film, but I could do a franchise film because he's continuing, I mean, albeit a, a a huge gap, but it was a Jumanji follow-up.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: Um, but other Christmas movies, what else is there? Um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of, as much as everyone likes... It's a Wonderful Life. I'm a huge fan of The Shop Around the Corner, mm. which is everyone knows as You've Got Mail. They remade that <laughs> as You've Got Mail, but it's far better. Jimmy Stewart, you know, uh, it's it was I think it was actually, it was 1940, and It's a Wonderful Life is 1946, so before 1946, this iconic Christmas movie made Shop Around the Corner, which was a Christmas film.
0: And for some of for the musical theater geeks out there, She Loves Me is a musical adaptation of The Shop Around the Corner. Oh, I didn't know that which is a terrific Christmas musical play. Um,
1: And if we're going to go to the classics, you know, Holiday Inn, White Christmas, those are great too, if you remove the uh, slightly racist racist. musical number.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we won't go there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, How about Christmas specials on TV?
1: Yeah, I like the stop motion ones. Um, I like the Rudolph, um, uh, the... Charlie Brown, those two are my favorite. I do like Grinch. Um, The Mickey Christmas Carol I enjoy as well.
2: Mm. You know what I just forgot about? What? I I haven't seen it in a long time, but Home Alone, that's a Christmas movie.
1: Yeah, it is.
2: I forgot all about that.
0: For for movies, I would say uh, It's a Wonderful Life. One of the things that's fascinating, I didn't grow up with It's a Wonderful Life. I didn't see it until I was uh, probably in graduate school. Uh, but it's dark. I mean, people forget how dark. The, I mean, the dude's going to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And then taking it, it's kind of a twist on what Dickens does in A Christmas Carol. Yeah. He gets to see what the world would be like without him. But man, it's like, whoa. That's the thing that always intrigued me, probably because I came to it late in life. Um but that's a classic. And uh the Muppet Christmas Carol.
2: I thought of that just when you said it.
0: Is one of my faves, uh especially because that's the first movie they made after Jim Henson passed. Mm-hmm. So, uh when the Tiny Tim scene comes along in Ghost of Christmas Yet to, yet to Come comes along and they're talking about Tiny Tim, mm-hmm. some of some, some Muppet files, think of that as a world without Jim Henson. Aww. Uh the Mr. Magoo Christmas. Oh, uh, the, I'm over a Christmas Carol adaptation. I think we've done almost every iteration we need to do. Let's have no more of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because unless you're bringing something new to the party, I was so disappointed in Scrooged when it came out. Because you have the lead of Ghostbusters and some people evidently nominally involved with Ghostbusters, but they didn't have the writers of Ghostbusters because it's not that funny. It's just I thought it was the the best thing about the movie for me is uh, Annie Lennox's cover of Put a Little Love in Your Hearts at the end of the movie. But I was just disappointed. Uh, I mean, the Muppets have done it. The Disney characters have done it. Uh, Black Adder has done it in hilarious style. Scrooge turns out to be a good person and the visitations make him a terrible person. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, and almost every television sitcom does a version of that or It's a Wonderful Life. It's like, please be creative. Think of your own Christmas stuff to do. Uh, For Christmas specials, obviously the ones you've mentioned, Charlie Brown Christmas, Hark the Herald Angels Sing was one of my favorite hymns, Christmas carols for a long time because of Linus. Uh, Rudolph, I don't care what all these haters are, you know, the revisionist history of... It's not politically correct. It's like, dude, it's the island of misfit toys. What's, get over yourself. What's oh, people are complaining about Rudolph because of how he's treated and ostracized. It's like, oh my gosh, people need to get over themselves. Seriously, if you Google Rudolph and controversy, there's controversy. It's just like...
2: I'm confused. Is
0: that because he's being bullied. Because he's being bullied, and some people are, you know, people are imposing present day values on this timeless. But It doesn't Christmas encourage classic. bullying. I <laughs> know, but it's people a- still think, "Oh, is it right for him to go back and do this after the way they've treated?" It's like.
2: Oh, people are complaining because he goes back to mm-hmm. um, so he's to help. forgiving and because he's forgiving <laughs> and yeah, society. It's, <laughs>
0: I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm just getting tired of people trying to deconstruct. You know, kind of like Elf as as I love Elf. It's a charming movie. The do the the Will Ferrell. Uh, I can't think. Zoe Deschanel duet a baby. Mm-hmm. It's cold outside. Yeah, and now there's well. this whole controversy about that song. Uh, it's like it's
1: a song about rave.
0: No, it's like get over yourselves, no. people. Think of the context in which these things. It's
1: a romantic song in which a guy is trying to keep his date to stay longer by saying it's cold out there, but it's warm in here. Cuddle up with me. Not I'm gonna rape you, <laughs> but let's go there. Let's <laughs> take a Christmas song and let's go to the darkest especially one blaze. that was
0: one that was you know in a classic film from yeah. the forties. Was mm-hmm. that Esther Williams and Ricardo Montalban?
1: I think so that sounds right
0: uh, i might be wrong look it up <laughs> quick to the google Goo cave Christ. but let's let's be careful what about, about imposing 21st century values on older media i still like that song including songs television shows and movies yeah
2: i looked it up though cuz i wanted to know what everybody was upset about when it came to the song and the only thing i could think of that someone pointed out. Well, I was like, okay, that sounds a little sketch. Someone was
0: triggered? By uh,
2: yes. <laughs> it sounded a little sketch, but um I guess maybe he put something in her drink or cuz she questions what's in this drink and but I
0: that's because It's a mixed drink. It, it's it, probably okay. a it's probably some kind of punch and she wants to know what's in it.
1: No, I think what she's saying, that, here's my reading of that is mm-hmm. that is that she's lightheaded because she's feeling love that she's feeling, you know, and she's like, what's in this drink? I'm feeling lightheaded, Like, almost, you know, why am I feeling... You know what I mean? Like, because when you start to, like... That's what it's supposed to be. It's not... I've never been in love before, so, so I wouldn't so, know. So you're
0: saying that he did not roofie her.
1: No, he didn't roofie her. She's, she's feeling like, you know... Have you
2: ever heard that? Uh, when I think you're I like- know what you're talking about, though. Are you saying, like... She almost like she was, it was her tongue in cheek, like, oh, what's in this drink? But really, she feels, like, feels she's like, fallen for
0: yeah, it.
1: Yeah, like my heart's beating. Like I'm, like, my palms are sweaty. What did mm-hmm. you put in this drink? Why mm-hmm. am I feeling this way? Because you're, It's it's the romance. Because
0: the as we stuff. know, all song lyrics must be taken literally. Like, what's... Scaramouche, Scaramouche, yeah. gotta do the Fandango. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, what
1: is... And when that song was written, what was that? Would, or do they really think that she's questioning, did you rupee my drink? Well, <laughs> That's there was, a weird There was no
0: real be... hypno when that song was written. Yeah. yeah let's just get that straightened off the table.
1: Uh, oh, to, to jump back in, though, I feel like we're going to talk about Christmas movies. Even though this movie... I, for me, has been on TV so much that I'm over it. But Christmas Story should be mentioned.
0: You'll shoot your eye yeah. out. <laughs> I, I loved
1: it the first 30 times I watched it. What I don't mm-hmm. love,
0: the musical version, which they aired on uh, Fox last oh, year. Ugh. Skip it. It was, was terrible. Yeah. Yes. Oh, terrible. I wish I... Instead of watching that for two hours, I wish I had just watched A Christmas Story again. Because mm-hmm. it was everything... It was it was bad, and the music was imminently forgettable. Yeah, just a Christmas story is. Oh, fun fact! Do you know what the book, the book of Gene uh, Shepherd's uh, childhood reminiscences, is called that the Christmas story was taken from? Great title. In God We Trust. All others pay cash. <laughs> oh my god alright
2: so um, that's crazy yeah but I actually I never saw the Christmas story full out oh, I've see seen it. pieces of it oh you I, gotta see the whole thing I remember yeah. um the kid Bik- is the same Ralphie. Ralphie. Oh, you know, yeah. I I remember one or two scenes. I remember one scene where he's oh, like crawling oh, up the slide. Oh, and yeah, he Santa. Santa for um, a red Ryder BB gun. And he's gun. like, he'll you know, like, shoot your eye out." Kicks off. <laughs> kicks off. And I, yeah. think, I think there was one scene where he did get the gun mm-hmm. and he that's the end. Eddie Alba shoots <laughs> his eye out. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> like, alert. Oh, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that sucks." He really did. <laughs> <really laughs> he lies uh, and covers for it
1: though. Yeah. No, it's a great movie. It's just it's just on TV non. Oh well,
0: I think TNT actually does a twenty-four hour marathon yeah. where they play it back to back to back for an entire day, which I'm is, is it's, it's not awesome. On
2: Netflix yet or like- <laughs> they might have kept has been, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: I've seen it on there before. Um, yeah, and then if we're gonna talk about it, if we're gonna bring back the the discussion of romance songs, um, romance in Christmas movies. There's love actually. Oh, <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I don't hate love actually it bothers me when the people shooting the the pornography thing that they show body parts because yeah it would be so much better if they did an austin powers where they strategically cover the body parts because i just thought it was and,
1: it could yeah, have been pg-13 yeah it could have been pg-13
0: but there there's a lot i like about the movie there's
1: there's there's things that bother me about it too, like there's, the yeah. the, uh, uh, prime uh, the prime minister, the uh, prime minister, his love interest. They make fun of her for being overweight, and she's like uh, maybe five pounds over what's you know Hollywood average. Hollywood average, yeah. And they call her like fat throughout the movie, like I times. also I mean, the uh,
0: the uh, scene where the scene where, where Hugh Grant tells off is it Billy Bob Thornton.
1: Yeah, the American president who's supposed
0: to be like a Bush type mm-hmm. clone. Yeah, that that scene.
1: All of the American stuff's awful because yeah. when then they go, the British characters go to America, and there's just like these like uh, large-breasted women waiting there to like sleep with them. And that's their idea of America. It's there's some weird depictions of America. In yeah, but there's also some fantastic things
0: in the film too. That... Yeah, it's it's a mixed bag.
2: Fantastic things and where to find them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, thank y'all for joining us. For and I us. hope that uh, everyone has a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Bye, Joy. Bye, Rye.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> Merry Christmas out there in podcast land.